Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, January 26. A new Barrio Logan restaurant is ran by culinary students learning the industry. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. The Regional Task Force on Homelessness is holding its annual point-in-time count today. It provides a one-day snapshot of how many county residents are living in emergency shelters, transitional housing, safe havens, and on the streets. During the count, volunteers will spread out across 36 sites in the county. They will also be collecting data on the needs of people experiencing homelessness. The results from the count will be available in about three months. The judge in the case against Larry Milieta decided there's enough evidence for the case to go to trial. Larry Milieta is charged with the murder of his wife and mother of three children. May Maya Milieta has been missing for more than two years. Prosecutors say Larry Milieta killed his wife, Maya, because she wanted a divorce. The trial is tentatively scheduled to start in September. Federal and state funding could be on the way to help San Diegans affected by the recent stormy weather. San Diego County Supervisors approved an emergency declaration yesterday. It allows the county to try to get federal and state money to deal with the damage caused by the winter storms in December and earlier this month. According to a county staff report, the county suffered more than $3 million in damage to buildings and roads from flooding, mudslides, and erosion. The county received around 50 damaged claims from residents. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more mcasd.org. In the wake of the recent mass shootings in the state, there's more focus on gun violence, restraining orders, or red flag laws. These allow authorities to temporarily take away firearms and ammunition from people who have been reported by a family member or co-worker. San Diego has been particularly aggressive in pursuing such gun seizures as a way to prevent shootings. The California Report host Saul Gonzalez talked about this approach with San Diego City Attorney Mara Elliott. Here's their conversation. The idea is to give a cooling off period to the individual. Usually the person whose uh, guns and access to guns is at issue is going through some kind of a traumatic event. And it could be a breakup of a relationship. Maybe they got out of the military and they have post-traumatic stress disorder We've worked closely with Alzheimer's here in San Diego because once responsible gun owners could become irresponsible because their health has deteriorated. So usually it's a cry for help. And we have that cooling off period where somebody doesn't have access to, you know, the ability to end their life or somebody else's. And during that period of time, they can seek the help they need to become responsible again. Your office sent us a list of cases where people in San Diego had had their guns taken away from them after they had been reported by a loved one or a coworker. But I see all of those people already had some history of violent acts or at least violent statements. So you can't just seize firearms if someone expresses a general concern about someone else. Do I have that right? You're correct, because ultimately we're presenting a case to a court. 
And the court is going to look at what the requirements are in order to issue a restraining order and determine if we, we have enough to go on. So we have to have clear and convincing evidence. A suspicion is not enough, uh, but we will investigate suspicions that are credible. And it will lead us sometimes to social media, statements made at work, um, other acts, but we're going to want to present a full case so we can reach our burden. But I assume that line between allowing someone to keep their guns or have them seized can be a pretty gray one, right? It could be a gray one. Uh, we tend to err on the side of caution and we will investigate it. So I don't want anybody who calls the city of San Diego to question whether they have enough evidence for us. Our job and particularly law enforcement, they are trained. They know exactly what to look for in terms of gun violence. So let the professionals do the job and figure out if there is something here. And what's your response to critics of red flag laws who say at the best, they're just examples of virtue signaling that doesn't really have a lot of effect in the real world, or at the worst, they pose a threat to people's constitutional rights to have firearms? Well, I think the response is ask the people who have gone through the experience, those who have been protected, they will all attest that this was a crisis intervention tool that was that worked. But to the law of it, of course, there's due process. So the ultimate determinant doesn't lie with the city attorney or uh, whichever attorney is handling it. It doesn't lie with law enforcement. Both sides have an opportunity to talk to a court of law and give their side of the story. We look for the least restrictive alternative to try to address whatever is presented to us. Um, sometimes it's not taking away the firearm. There might be some alternatives that don't, uh, don't necessitate that action. So we really look at the individual before us and try to figure out how we're going to keep that person safe as well as the community safe. That was San Diego City Attorney Mara Elliott speaking with the California Report host, Saul Gonzalez. Family members of people who died in San Diego County Jail say they want a group meeting with the sheriff. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado says the sheriff is making a different offer. Justice reform advocates and family members of people who died in custody held a news conference in front of the San Diego County Sheriff's Department Wednesday to express their frustration. No justice. No, no peace. peace. No Yusuf Miller, the founder of the North County Equity and Justice Coalition, says Sheriff Kelly Martinez did offer to meet with individual families, but that's not what they want. This feels like a divide and conquer tactic. These families rely on one another to support them through the grief. Just before the gathering, the sheriff's department sent out a news release saying it was making positive strides in caring for inmates. And in a separate statement to KPBS, Martinez said she has always been willing to speak with the families, but out of respect for their loss, she would like to meet with them individually. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Local and state COVID emergency orders will be lifted at the end of next month. And one doctor says that's a good sign of where we are with the pandemic. State health officials say the state of emergency helped save tens of thousands of lives while also protecting the economy. Cases have continued dropping in the region and COVID hospitalizations have been relatively low. Dr. Eric Topol says people have a lot of protection from the virus, both from previous infections and vaccinations. 
it does appear, at least for now, we're in a good state. Uh, it, it's not over by any means. We're going to be facing this virus for the years ahead. But at least right now, uh, making it a non-emergency is appropriate. Topol says he's also glad to see City of San Diego officials are moving to end the vaccine mandate for city workers. Countywide, just over 80% of San Diegans have been fully vaccinated. A new report finds pesticide use is expected to increase and become more hazardous as the climate warms. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. Climate change is widely expected to put additional pressure on agriculture. California farmers use nearly 18 percent of all the pesticides applied in the country, and use is four and a half times higher than the national average. The Pesticide Action Network's Asha Sharma says the trend line is moving in the wrong direction. Climate change impacts uh, decrease the efficacy of pesticides. Climate change impacts are also predicted to worsen pest pressures and problems. And at the same time, climate change is supposed to negatively impact crop health. It doesn't help that the majority of synthetic pesticides are made from fossil fuel derivatives. And some pesticides, like the food fumigant sulfuryl fluoride, are greenhouse gases. Researchers suggest that the nation's food system needs to move toward more natural farming systems. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Coming up, we have details on a new restaurant in Barrio Logan that's run completely by culinary students and for a good cause. We'll have that story and more after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. A report from UCSD shows that female faculty and researchers at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography have a lot less lab space than men. KPBS high tech reporter Thomas Fudge has more. The report, commissioned in May of last year, shows that female scientists at Scripps Institution of Oceanography have half the lab space that men have. Men have larger academic offices, and none of the 16 largest space holders are women. The leader of the task force that wrote the report said the gender disparity in lab space dates to a time when Scripps faculty were predominantly men. They were able to lay first claim to lab space and, in some cases, pass it on to male scientists they worked with. UCSD Chancellor Pradeep Kosla has appointed a committee to reform the system. Too little lab space means less room for research staff and less ability to be a productive researcher. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. The Salvation Army opened its doors yesterday to celebrate individuals in substance abuse recovery. KPBS reporter Claire Strong was there. There's, you know, too many times when I should have been dead, and I'm not. 
Shauna Stolmaker is a proud alumni of the Salvation Army's Adult Rehabilitation Center, or ARC, which is a free six-month residential drug and alcohol program. It's hoped a new nationwide Salvation Army promotional campaign, aptly named Second Chances, which launched in San Diego Wednesday, will encourage more people with addiction problems to join the ARC and turn their lives around like Shauna. Being allowed to be here and being offered the second chance uh, allows me to do the same for Almost 180 men and women have so far graduated from the ARC since the facility opened in Otay Mesa in June 2021. Claire Strong, KPBS News. It's the newest restaurant hotspot in Barrio Logan, and it's run completely by culinary students working on their careers while helping the community. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez is in the kitchen where learning is happening and an outdoor bistro is now serving. You see how it's almost turning into peanut butter? It isn't peanut butter, just the creamy consistency of mixed flour and fat sizzling in a skillet to make a French sauce known as roux. This is a basic roux, and so what we're going to do is take this, set it aside, and then we're going to add it as a thickening agent for our clam chowder. Brian Brennan is one of the student chefs at the California Culinary Arts Institute in Barrio Logan. He's completed four months of rigorous commercial cooking education here. Before the pandemic, he had a job serving and hosting at a restaurant. My experience with food was mainly front of the house until COVID stole my job and I decided to find a purpose. And so I found out I'm really good at this. Brennan is one of a half dozen advanced students who will spend the next four months of their externship cooking and running a new outdoor bistro. The bistro is on the patio of the Culinary Arts Institute on National Avenue. The group of students must manage, purchase, cook, and serve customers. And it's a balance on, you know, whether you make too much and you're wasting money or you make just enough and you get it perfect. And just because the school is so new and we don't know the traffic. When you serve someone, you serve them with love. The students are being mentored by executive chef and instructor Sorab Zarkoui, an Iranian immigrant with a lifetime of experience in kitchens around the world. He started the school as a business, but the bistro will benefit the community. All proceeds from food sales are donated to help the homeless and the San Diego Humane Society. Sarkuhi is educating his students in hopes they will pay it forward. In running a restaurant as a manager, as a chef manager, they would be able to handle the front of the house and the back of the house. So if in future they want to own their own restaurant, they have that experience. My passion is through food, and I feel like it is a way for me to say that I care through food. Vidget Vonneroth needed to find life again after losing her mom and three other family members to COVID early in the pandemic. She is accomplished in Asian cuisine and committed to using her talent to develop French and Italian dishes for the bistro. She cooks in honor of those she lost. I want them to be part of me. I want them to still knowing that I'm doing it, even though life is tough without them. 
I'm going to have the eggplant parmesan sandwich. Okay. And I would love the arancini. As paying customers, KPBS videographer Charlotte Radulovich and I had lunch at the bistro. Mm, bon appétit. Bon appétit. Cream of broccoli soup. Mm, delicious. Child of clams, okay. Wow. And they're very generous in the quantities. Angelina Aguayo was our student waitress with a simple plan for her future. Just finding a good stable restaurant to set myself at and maybe when I retire have a food truck and just travel the world. I feel like that's such a basic thing to say but I love food and I love traveling. All right, mango lemonade. Wow. Cheers. Cheers. The flavors. <laughs> it's really good. For now, the Bistro at California Culinary Arts Institute is open Monday through Friday for lunch from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. But with careers to cultivate and the community to help, the chefs in training want to make this bistro the taste of the town. My compliments to the chef. <laughs> Let the kitchen know we are very happy. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Thursday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.